Welcome in everybody and thank you for tuning in to The Wire. Just like to invite everybody to feel free to subscribe if you are liking the show. Get those notifications of when the new episodes are being posted and are released. Uh, I just want to say I really appreciate all the support I've been getting. A lot of friends, a lot of people I've seen on Twitter and Instagram and wherever. Um, saying that they like the show, that they've been listening. So I just want to thank everyone. Thank you all for that. Uh, we have a very good show today with special guest appearance from my brother Tyler Wetzel. And a little rundown of the show today. We will be discussing, me and Tyler will be discussing the NFL playoffs. Um, I will then move into a discussion about Jalen Hurts and his decision to transfer. Uh, we're going to do our Let's Divvy It Up segment. And then I'm going to do a little brief discussion about the man Aaron Rodgers. So, to begin, topic one, the NFL playoffs. I'd like to introduce my brother, Tyler Wetzel. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. <laughs> it's good to hear. We're going to begin. We'll go in order. The games are today. I apologize. It's been a while since the last podcast. This is the only time we've been able to do it. Um, the first game today, around 1 o'clock, is the Rams versus the Saints. Um... I personally believe that the Saints are a little bit more experienced, uh, a little bit more well-rounded, and I think that since the game is in New Orleans, I think they will always play better. Or they'll play better like they always do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think, personally, I think Drew Brees and his experience will outplay Jared Goff. Um... I think Michael Thomas and Marcus Peters will be matched up, which that'll be interesting if you saw the matchup from last week and how animated Marcus Peters was. And personally, I think you want to watch for Alvin Kamara out of the backfield because I think they'll be so interested. Or so, I think the Rams will be so invested in shutting down the spread game and downfield passing game for the Saints. Um, so just watch for Kamara catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, my prediction, I believe the Saints will win 31 to the Rams 23 today. I think Drew Brees and Sean Payton will go to their last Super Bowl together as a tandem. Um, I just think, especially if the Saints would win it, I think Brees would retire. Um, if not, he might come back for one more year. Tyler, what's your prediction for the game? I'm taking the Saints at like 41 points and the Rams at 35. 41-35, Tyler's going for a shootout. Um, I could very well see that. Both teams have good defenses, but their offensive coaching minds are so advanced, especially compared to a lot of the other league. Um, you got any other insight on that game? Um, I'm pretty much saying that if the Saints win, they can win the Super Bowl. But I'm pretty sure if the Rams win, I don't see them beating the Patriots or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I would pretty much agree with that. I think I think the Rams are good enough to beat the Saints, but I don't know if they would be able to win it on the big stage against the Saints or Patriots. Or Chiefs. Chiefs or Patriots, excuse me. Okay. Uh, moving into the next game, Chiefs and Patriots. I believe it starts around 6.20, 5.20, something like that. Don't matter. 
Um, <laughs> Patriots at Chiefs, which makes it very interesting because the Chiefs are very good at home and the Patriots have been much worse on the road. Um, I think they're three and five on the road this year. Um, yeah. I believe Kansas City has a much better roster with a lot more weapons and a lot more talent. But New England has much better coaching with Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and Brian Flores. And obviously the Patriots have way more experience in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, fortunately, um, my prediction, I believe it'll be the same thing we see every year. We will doubt the Patriots. We'll say this is the end. Um, and then somehow they're going to pull it out. It'll be either the force of turnover, Belichick will outcoach Andy Reid somehow in some way, or their defense or someone will make a big play and end up stealing the game. I mean, I really just want the Chiefs to win it because I don't want to have to worry about rooting against Tom Brady in another Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're all on the f- on the bandwagon of no more Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> well, like... Because if the Chiefs win, whoever they play in the Super Bowl, it's going to be fun to watch. But if the Patriots win, I have to cheer for the Saints or the Rams just because frick Tom Brady. <laughs> I would have to agree. Also, um, I think everyone would be in favor of if the Chiefs win and the Rams win, or I guess regardless, if we had another one of those like 52 to 45 games like we had that one week when the Chiefs and Rams played. Yeah. And it was everyone was just hyped up about every single possession being a score. Um, so my actual prediction, I think it'll be close, but the Patriots pulled out. Um, I have Patriots winning 34 to 31 in a fast-paced and high-scoring game, and Patriots just end up pulling it off somehow in the end. I kind of have two predictions. I either have the Chiefs winning it in like a another 35-28 game, like high-scoring, or I just have the Patriots winning like. 35-0, like, just an absolute blowout. I think it'll all depend on Mahomes' composure and how he plays if he's able to not make um, turnovers or any errors like he's had in the other big games kind of um, in the regular season. Also, I just want to say that if Kansas City would pull out the game and win it, it could actually, for the first time, be the beginning of the end, as we've talked about for, like, six years now. Obviously, Brady and Belichick are getting up there. But there's already speculation that Gronk is ready to retire. And Robert Kraft is getting up there. So I think if Gronk retires, it almost be like a domino effect. Might be only one more year and then they're all gone kind of thing. But I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, it also just kind of feels like a lot of NFL fans who aren't Patriots fans are ready for the end. <laughs> ready for this to be over. We want to see another team in the Super Bowl. Everyone wants just more diversity. Like, I'm pretty sure in the MLB they haven't had the same team in the World Series, like back-to-back years and yeah, something. I, I don't think so. I yeah. think it's different every year. It's always different, and I'm pretty sure NFL just wants that too. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I would agree. Not as many people, but some people are sick of LeBron and the NBA Finals every yeah. year. Yeah. Well. Know? Or the Warriors. Hasn't you know? it been the Warriors and – Cavs versus LeBron, I think, uh, <laughs> five years in a row. Yeah. So. Exciting. Like ten years, but hopefully the Bucks can change that. Shout out, Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what we got on the NFL playoff games. 
two little wrestling things to talk about with Tyler because he's a phenomenal wrestler. Um, Thank you. First thing I'm sure a lot of people have seen. Uh, if you don't know who Gable Stevenson is, you should look him up. He's a freshman at Minnesota, and he is a heavyweight, and he is just dominating everyone. <laughs> he is scary. He is a scary. He's kind of mean. I don't really like that. He's kind of like he's pushes, a, he'll have the lead and just like kind of push people around and hit him in the he's face. It's like dominant. Back up. He's winning matches, and then he just throws in a little. Yeah. By the way, this match is mine. You've got no shot at me. Just keep. Hey, buddy, go suck one. What? Hey, buddy, go suck one. Yeah. That's kind of what he's think, saying. But just to make matters worse, recent footage has shown Gable was training with the one and only Brock Lesnar. The beast incarnate. Eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. <laughs> Shout out WWE. <laughs> How dope would it be if Gable wore eat, sleep, conquer, repeat shirt? Oh, my God. They go wrestle like Iowa or something. Yeah. He comes out in that. Oh, actually, they just wrestled Iowa. But... Or like NCAA finals or something. He comes out with that with Brock Lesnar's theme song. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so cool. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about, but the podcast was delayed. I was going to ask you what you thought about the upcoming Siriano and DeSanto match. <laughs> Turns out they already wrestled. I was taking Siriano to just dream DeSanto. I was going to take Siriano by six. <laughs> and DeSanto won it at the buzzer, so go us. <laughs> um, I had a wrestling tournament yesterday, and I was talking to some of my like friends on the team, and one of them just said, which, yeah, Sean, <laughs> he just said, well, he thinks that. Shout out, Sean. <laughs> at the real Sean Fisher. Um, he just said that he's pretty sure Siriano's head's all mixed up from, well, he's wrestled. Two top five guys in the country within a week. Last Sunday, he wrestled Dayton Fix, Dayton Fix and he lost that on a bogus call. That match was just awful yeah, officiating. That was, that was really bad. And then in less than a week, he has to wrestle another top guy. And my friend just thought he wasn't all there in the head. And he, he thinks he's going to bounce back and end up beating both of those guys later in the year. I could definitely see him coming back. Um Obviously, he'll be in the NCAAs, but semifinals, finals time, making a, getting a big win. I think he'll beat Fix the next time. Fix just lost. I think he was ranked second. He just lost to, like, the number fifth, sixth-ranked guy. Yeah, no, he lost to the— Filippi from Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. So, 133 is crazy. I mean, there's Seriano, Fix, DeSanto, Steven Michich. Yeah, 133 is insane, but— See how that goes. I'm not really sure what to think of DeSanto. He's kind of freaking crazy and hothead. I hate when he gets in people's faces yeah. and screams. The only thing that I did see is they had a little interview with him, press conference thing, after that happened, and he apologized and was like, I shouldn't have gotten Nick's face. Um, there's no meaning for that. I got, I've been trying to work with Terry uh, Brands, and I got to figure out how to control my emotions until after my hands raise and after I'm off the mat because there's just no need for that. So... It was kind of nice to see him say that and bring that up. But. Um, I think, well, first off, everyone just rips on flow wrestling on Instagram because everything they, they post is DeSanto. But everyone that comments on it is either like, wow, another flow wrestling DeSanto post. Or they're saying, I would love this kid if he wasn't such a hothead. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing. Like Other people are saying how they're happy that 
they enjoy wrestling so much because they get such pure emotion out of it. Like, that's one thing where you win a match, you just overcome with emotion, and you just react. You don't think about what you're doing. But then there's a certain extent to that where DeSanto is passing that, and he's doing stuff that's not needed. Yeah. You can tell, like, even when he's just talking, the amount of emotion he has. Yeah. I remember there was an interview when he was at Drexel. Uh, They were talking to his old coach um, when he was going there. And they said when they were interviewing him to take the head coaching position, when he came in for the interview, DeSanto came up to him and instead of asking him questions, he grabbed him and pulled him on the mat and started wrestling him. (laughs) Yeah. He just said, like, let's go. Like, come on. I got to get to practice in. And the coach was like, okay, I'm interviewing, but I mean, it sounds good. And he just started going. Like, and he didn't take it easy. He just went after him. He's like, we're we're going to work. So it's it's kind of cool to see that kind of raw passion in these kids. But. Um, this is it's not really off topic because we're talking about DeSanto, but I think the funniest video ever from wrestling is I think it was from Midlands maybe, but DeSanto's like about to go on the mat. And his coach oh, yeah. is going to slap him, and he just gets prepared to be slapped. And his coach him. looks at something else, and DeSanto's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, dude. Um, and then, oh, yeah. So, at the end of the year, if Siriano wrestles DeSanto and Fix again, I'm going to say he's going to go at Fix and just beat him. Like, I think if he wrestles Fix again, it'll be Seriano by two, maybe three. I was going to say two to four. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that's going to be a revenge match for him. Like, he got cheated out of that match. Like, I'm not saying he would have won because it was, like, no one had the lead, but they gave the match a Fix. But then if he wrestles DeSanto again, unless if he was just off that day that he wrestled him, like... DeSanto could beat him again. Like, yeah. there's no saying that he's got that one in the bag. I don't know why, but no one will put DeSanto up in the rankings, and he's beaten all these people. Yeah. Like, he showed he should be up there. But well, because I'm just I'm excited for the NCAA finals or like NCAA oh, tournament yeah. this year because there's so many good weight classes this year. You got anything else to talk about, Nugget? Not really. All right. Well. Thank you for joining. Um, sure, we'll have you on another episode. So, thanks again. Yep. Bye, Buddha. All right, guys, that concludes our segment with Tyler on today's episode. Um, I just want to um, apologize while I can um, before or while you guys are listening. I'm going to guess there will be a slight echo. Um, I just don't really have the proper equipment yet. Hopefully I can get that um, going in the future, but there will probably be a slight echo to Tyler's voice um, in, during his segment, so I apologize for that. But moving into topic two, talking about Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts is the former quarterback at Alabama. He, I don't know if he ever won a national championship, but he has like the one of the greatest records of starting quarterbacks in college history. I think he's one of the most winning quarterbacks of college history. Um, Jalen Hurts is now transferring to Oklahoma. Um, I think this is a very good thing for him. He definitely deserves to be a starter, even though I was hoping he'd come to Wisconsin. But he definitely deserves his own shot. Um, Being in Alabama with Tua, 
just wasn't a good place for him uh, as a football player. He needs to be out on the field making plays because everyone has seen what he can do, and he is very good. Uh, the other thing I've been I've noticed from this whole situation is that Hertz is a very good person, very great kid. He's a really good leader uh, through all of this with Tua and being benched so Tua could play. He's never said anything about bad about Alabama. He's always stuck up for Alabama. Said kind of like trust the process kind of thing. Like um, this is happening to him for a reason. He's always also stood up for Tua. He's never bad talked Tua. He's always called him like his brother and said that he's always there for him and knows that in the end both of them are going to be successful. Um, that kind of thing. But. I think Jalen finally realized that, hey, I, it's my turn to get my own spot and my own shot at to do this thing. So he went out and got it, and I think that's exactly what he should have done. Now, this is also a huge thing, huge deal for Oklahoma. Obviously, Oklahoma is a really good program, but now they'll also they, – I mean, they could get three Heismans in a row. I'm not saying it's going to happen because there's still Tua and uh, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Jonathan Taylor, all these guys – that are in the running for the Heisman, but I mean, Oklahoma's got the last two with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, so would be pretty phenomenal if Jalen Hurts could be, end up taking the third one in, in a row for Oklahoma. Also, I think Hurts could definitely be, I don't think he'll be the number one quarterback in the drafts, but he could, because Herbert will go out next year, but I could see him in a Kyler Murray role where he's considered as the second running, or quarterback, excuse me. Um, maybe third or fourth, but we'll see what, how next year's draft class shapes up. I think Tua is going out next year too. Uh, it would also be very interesting to see if Oklahoma and Alabama would end up playing in like a big playoff game or something, and it ends up being Jalen Hurts versus Tua. Um, just won't be really a rivalry, but it'd be like a, this is what you're missing out on kind of thing. Very interesting story. Um, I guess we'll just I, I wish him the best of luck I think he deserves it at this point so going to move into the next segment we're going to do a little let's divvy it up segment uh, where we talk about divisions and what each team in a division can do to get better and rebuild or uh, pieces that they need to fill in kind of thing um so today we're going to do the NFC North and the NFL. I'm going to try my best to be unbiased and completely honest. Obviously, I know a little bit more about the Packers, so I'll talk about them a little bit more. But um, I will do my best to give honest, realistic opinions on the team. So we're going to start with the Bears. Um, one thing about the Bears is they don't have a lot of draft picks because they've made trades in the past uh, for Trubisky and Kill Mac, whatever. Um I think they, yeah, they have five total picks, and they don't pick their first one is then until the third round. So unless somehow they make a move, they won't be taking anyone until the third round. And then they only, I think they have two seventh rounders or something. So not a lot of room to build on from the draft, but that's somewhat okay because the Bears are very solid all around. They don't have a lot of missing pieces. I think they could use an offensive lineman because it sounds like they might lose a starter or two. Um, and they've got a little bit of age, and some guys just aren't quite as good. But I'm gonna—I could definitely see them go for offensive linemen, whether it's in the third round or free agency. 
I also think they could use another cornerback. Um, obviously, Fuller and Amukamara, Bryce Callahan were really good this year, but I don't think they'll be quite as good as or quite as good next year as they were this year. Uh, so I think Callahan's a free agent too, so they might lose him. So they could use a new cornerback. Uh, moving on to the Detroit Lions, they need a lot. They have needed a lot for many years, actually, if you ask me. But uh, really could use a lot. I mean, just to name some things, a cornerback, uh, edge rusher, because it sounds like Ziggy Anto will probably be leaving. I think they could use a wide receiver. I mean, Marvin Jones is good. Sounds like, or they lost Golden Tate. Kenny Galladay, I do like Kenny Galladay. People call him Babytron. I think that's a good name for him. But um, I just feel like they don't have the game-changing wide receiver. And they could definitely use a tight end. It sounds like they might go tight end first round, second round. But um, the other thing about drafting a tight end is they had Eric Ebron and didn't use him. Picked him in the first round, and he just wasn't very good. And now he goes to the Colts, and they use him a lot, and he looks really good. Um, I think the Lions could be stuck where they are for quite a while. Uh, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback, but he's not great, or he's not very good. He's just a good quarterback that gets them by kind of thing. I don't really ever see him making any sort of playoff run. So, not to say Stafford's holding him back, but I don't see them doing anything overly special until he's gone kind of thing. So, yeah. He does seem to play well against Packers usually, but he's just not a Super Bowl winning quarterback in my eyes. Uh, they do. The Lions do, though, have some, a couple strong pieces. Not a real strong foundations to build off of, but good pieces. No one really stands out from the crowd except maybe Darius Slay. Uh, Carrion Johnson looks okay. They do have Glover Quinn. But they could definitely use a lot of help. Uh, moving on to the Vikings. Vikings are kind of like the Bears where they're very solid all around. They have a solid roster, a bunch of studs all over the field. Not really missing a whole lot. Uh, to me, it depends on what direction they want to go. They don't have a lot of draft picks. I think they just have like six or seven or something, maybe eight. Um, but they're very front-loaded. I think they might have six picks, but they're, they only lose later round picks. So they're front-loaded draft. But they do need offensive linemen, and they might want to go after linebackers. So it depends if they want to go and focus on upgrading their offensive line for their $84 million overpaid quarterback in Kirk Cousins or if they would rather keep going and upgrading their defense and hoping that defense wins championships kind of mentality and go get that really good linebacker, maybe like a Devin Bush or something, which I would not want to see, but it is something that they could use. They do seem to draft very well. Obviously, if you see, uh, uh, what's his name, Daniil Hunter, he was picked later than he should have been because if you've seen that guy, he is phenomenal and scary and does everything. So, I mean, Dalvin Cook, they got in the second round. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. So, seems like they know what they're doing when it comes to the draft. So, I'm sure they'll be able to find somebody to take over a big role. Uh, another, they're moving on to the Packers. Like I said, I know a lot more about the Packers because I'm a fan of them, obviously. But 
um, looking at the Packers, if it was up to me, like say I was the GM, the guys that I would resign would be Bashad Breland because I, I didn't like him at first, but towards the end he was making a lot of plays and it looked like he fit in with our team and like the guys liked him and even like the fan base really liked him. I think it would be a good idea to bring back Mo Wilkerson because we should be able to get him back for cheap because he was hurt all year and I know he has a lot of talent and just thinking about a good Mo Wilkerson with healthy Mike Daniels and our young stud Kenny Clark it just sounds like a force that Mike Patton would have a lot of fun to uh, draw plays for I think personally you signed Geronimo Allison because Rodgers has a lot of trust in him he likes to go to um, along with Devontae, he likes to go with Geronimo uh, for big plays or like in clutch moments. And Allison has performed in those clutch moments. Uh, the other two guys are both defensive young guys. I would personally resign Reggie Gilbert and Ibrahim Campbell. Uh, a lot of people know Gilbert because he showed out in the preseason, but he didn't really show out as much in the regular season. But I think he'd be a good guy. I think he's a good guy that you bring in when a guy needs a breather on the D-line and he could get you a possible pass rush or sack or something and make a big play. I don't foresee him being a 15-sack guy by any means, but I think he's a good guy you can keep on for cheap. And Ibrahim Campbell I think would be a good backup safety or maybe like a nickel safety or something like that. Um, he made some good plays. He didn't really make any of the bad plays is the other thing. Like, uh, What was his name? Tony Brown had the bad game against the Lions that kind of hurt us pretty bad uh, I just think Campbell I mean, good tackler put some hits on some guys I think he'd be a good guy to keep for cheap as well a couple of veterans that we could cut uh, I personally would rather keep Balaga even though I know his contract is really bad but when Balaga is healthy and I know he's never healthy but when him and Bakhtiari are both healthy our O-line is very good Corey Lindsay's and should be pro bowler, all pro, whatever you want to call it. Lane Taylor is not anything overly special, but he gets the job done, and then we just got to get a right guard if we would keep Balaga. But I understand his contract and his injuries are kind of making us think towards getting rid of him. Uh, sounds like we're going to get rid of Matthews and Cobb. I like Randall Cobb because he's one of Rogers' best friends and best or favorite targets especially in the slot he, Rogers has a quote saying I would love to see Randall Cobb in a Packers uniform especially because he said something like I don't want to see him gone until there's someone who can take his place and play as good as he does because right now we don't have anyone that can do it uh, as well as he can in the slot so unless we can find somebody I would I would be okay keeping Cobb and then Clay Matthews I think it's just time he's just so much money and not hardly any production Unless we can get him back for half of his salary and put him at a middle linebacker and hope that he plays the, as an all-pro like he did the one year we did that. I don't know why we moved him back. I don't understand what the thought process was. But if we had Blake Martinez start and bring Clay Matthews in every once in a while at a pay cut, I think it would be okay. But I don't know. We'll see. That's just my opinion. Uh, Packers do have a lot of draft picks. We have... 10 picks this year twice as many as the Bears <laughs> I think we've picked three times before the Bears pick I know we have three picks on the top 50 so we should be able to get a lot of talent out of this year's draft 
Um, Gudikins had a first good year or good first year drafting, so we'll see what he can do this year. I'm excited for it. Uh, the things I think we need are for sure we need an edge rusher. Uh, a lot of people are saying Clellan Farrell. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, we also, I think we need a right guard for sure. If we get rid of Blaga, obviously we're going to need more offensive line help. We're going to need a right tackle and a right guard. I think Bakhtiari, Taylor, and Lindsley are good assets and good starters to keep. Lane Taylor never gets hurt, which is always good. Bakhtiari is the best in the league, and Corey Lindsley is definitely at least second team All-Pro, in my opinion, as a center. So definitely could go O-line. We got lots of picks, so I'm sure they'll pick multiple O-line guys. And then the other thing we could use is a safety. I don't, unless we somehow can get Deontay Thompson and an edge rusher, Deontay Thompson is the Alabama safety. He's, I think, the top prospect in the draft when it comes to safeties and probably, like, the only one that he's – he's basically in his own tier of talent. Um, I just think unless we can get him, I don't think it's worth it unless we go in the third round. But I think we can upgrade in free agency for safety. A couple options in the draft for an edge rusher. Like I said, Clown Farrell – out of Clemson. Montez Sweat, I think, is out of Mississippi State. He's like 6'6", 245 or something, just an athletic freak. Uh, he'd be interesting to see. And then Rashawn Gary out of Michigan is a very, very good edge rusher. I feel like he's more of a run stopper personally, though, but he is very good. Uh, if we look at O-line, I don't want to go O-line in the first round. Maybe if somebody good drops into the second round or to one of our second or third picks, that we would go, but I don't think we necessarily need a first-round pick on an offensive lineman. And then safety-wise, the only name that stands out to me is Deontay Thompson, like I said, from Alabama. So I don't really think the draft is the way to go to pick our safety. Uh, free agency-wise, I think it would be a good idea to take an offensive lineman for agency or get one that has experience and who would know how to learn an offense and how to learn from Aaron Rodgers and all of his hand signals and all the call-outs he has. Obviously, he doesn't run a very simplistic offense and all of his audibles and everything. He wants everyone to be on page. So a little bit of an experienced lineman would help out a lot. Also, um, looking at safety, I think free agency is definitely the place to go. Uh, personally, I would love to see Landon Collins in a Packers uniform. So we'll see if that is the case. I think we can get him at a pay cut because he just like broke his shoulder or something in week 16. So that's what I would like to see. Otherwise, I've heard Lamarcus Joyner might be an option. He's a good safety as well. <clears throat> uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, wide receivers, if Cobb would uh, leave, if we'd get rid of Randall Cobb. Uh, Golden Tate, I heard there was a rumor. Golden Tate uh, is on our radar as the pa like from the Packers' radar. That would be an interesting. Uh, he makes a lot of plays, so and he can disrupt a defense with his crossing routes and stuff. So that would be an interesting choice to pick up him. Personally, I would love to see Tyler Lockett, but I don't think we're gonna be able to match whatever offer he gets because that guy's gonna get paid a lot of money uh, this year, this off season. So that's just who I see. I definitely see us going edge rusher in the draft, but uh, we've been proven wrong in the past of the Packers draft, so we'll see.
just one thing, a little news and notes thing I saw. Colts GM Chris Ballard is quoted in saying, guys like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell will never play for this franchise. So I don't know if he's only looking for guys that are very loyal to the team or not guys. He doesn't want guys that are money-hungry or money-oriented or what it is, but I thought it was a very, very bold thing to put out there. I think it might hurt them in free agency if he's going to say stuff like that and people don't want to play for a guy like that. I know he's been outspoken in the past, but just thought it was interesting to put it out there with everything that's going on with those two guys. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. It's also weird because <clears throat> a lot of people are saying that Le'Veon Bell could be a really good fit for the Colts. Um, signing him over Marlon Mack, but I guess the saga continues and we'll see what happens. So, moving into the last actual segment, just something that I think a lot of people will find to be very interesting and will like to hear about. Uh, I'm very defensive over this. You could say, I guess, if you know me, you know I am. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Rodgers. This isn't a Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT uh, discussion because I don't have time for that right now. That is going to be its own podcast. But I just think there's a lot, a lot of unnecessary criticism that is out there that goes out towards Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> There's a couple things I want to bring up that are actually very recent within probably the last week. Uh, one thing, Aaron Rodgers released an article thanking veterans, and I want to say it was for police enforcement and firefighters and all those kind of people. Thank you to them. Aaron Rodgers, I think it was about as I don't know the exact specifics. I think it was about his grandfather served in like World War II or something. And he said he's always had a place in his heart or whatever you want to call it for veterans. And you just want to put it out there. Or I didn't read the article. I heard it was very good and very touching. So I think it was very cool that he went out of his way to do something like that. Uh, another thing, uh, recently fired coach Joe Witt Jr. from the Packers. I think he was like the past game coordinator or something was quoting and saying I don't care what anyone out there says I've seen him in the locker room for 11 years now he's all about winning and all about the success of the Green Bay Packers so there's a lot of people out there who say Aaron Rodgers is coachable he's not a good teammate people don't like him he's not liked in the locker room obviously if your quarterback is as talented as he is and you have one of their coaches that's been there for 11 years and he's out there saying that all he's all about winning, all about the success of the team. I think it kind of shuts down some of those rumors saying like, or like how can you think he's like a terrible teammate if he's if he's all about the success of the team? It just doesn't really add up to me. It doesn't really make sense. Uh, another thing, when they hired Matt Lafleur and brought him in and had an interview with him, he was quoted and saying uh, they were talking about Aaron Rodgers and when Rodgers called him, telling him basically he got the job. The quote is, you could hear the passion in his voice. I believe him when he says he wants to be coached and wants to be coached hard. He's a competitor, and I cannot wait to get started with him. 
So one thing, not only did Aaron Rodgers call him to congratulate him and basically tell him he got the job, he also called to say, hey, I'm ready to get to work, and I want you to work me hard and coach me hard and make me better. So one, it shows you Rodgers trusts him, and two, it shows that it shows that Roger, like Lafleur has kind of the reins, and obviously that should be the case, but a lot of people are saying that's not the case. But Lafleur is going to be coaching him very hard and trying to get him better, so that'll be fun to see. Uh, especially as a Packer fan, I want to see Rodgers back to full capacity of his talent and using every weapon that he has, kind of thing. Um, so. Just going off of these, I think that with three different things that I saw recently, when you usually hear about Aaron Rodgers in the media, it's all you hear is like slander and people talking bad about him, talking about what kind of leader or person Aaron Rodgers is. But I feel like a lot of times it just comes from assumptions. Um, people talking about his family all the time. And... I think it's more of him and his brother have had a disagreement. Maybe there's like a jealousy factor or some type of argument, fight kind of thing happened, and that's why he just doesn't get along with his brother. And if you look at it, the only people that are going out into the media and talking bad about Rodgers are his brother. Um, it's never Rodgers saying, wow, I freaking hate Jordan Rodgers. What a loser. What a low life." It's Jordan basically going out and saying those things about Aaron and kind of calling him out for whatever reasons he has. I think it's very unfair to talk about Aaron Rodgers' family, especially because no one really knows what's going on. People rip on his family all the time, and we're during the California wildfires, whatever, because they're from California. People ask him uh, how he felt or, like, how he was feeling about his parents, and he's like, well, I was... um, watching the news with my parents at my house in Green Bay so he I'm guessing flew them in and made them safe kind of thing um, I just think it's unfair to talk about his family like that no one really knows what's going on a lot of rumors fly around uh, Colin Coward loves to bring up how he's not coachable and I don't think Ro- Coward ever brings up the family but talks about Aaron Rodgers as a person. Uh, he talks about how Rodgers picked Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett um, to serve as his entourage so that Aaron Rodgers could have, could have his own way. But then in the same argument, same segment, Colin Coward mentioned that the Packers should have hired a defensive coach so that Aaron Rodgers could run the offense. And yeah, if you ask me, that that doesn't make any sense. What's the difference between what isn't true, but Rodgers picking LaFleur and Hackett to serve as entourage and you wanting the Packers to sign a defensive coach so that Rodgers could run the offense? What's the difference there? If that's your stance, explain what the difference is between those. Um, it just doesn't add up. I, The only person in NBA or in, excuse me, in major sports – that I think may have ever had a ex- direct influence of signing front office staff or making trades might have been LeBron when he was with the Cavs. The way that, that all of that went down, I think LeBron had some choices there, but 
some decisions that were made were because of him. But Aaron Rodgers didn't go out and say, hey, Brian, go sign Matt LaFleur. That's not how it worked. I'm sure they asked him, hey, what are you looking for? What do you want in a coach? What do you want them to help you with kind of thing? Do you want any say in it? And I'm sure he gave him some little insight, but it's not like he's like, this is the guy. Go hire Matt LaFleur. I don't think that's how it went down whatsoever. Also another thing, Colin Coward likes to talk about how Aaron Rodgers isn't coachable, yet Matt LaFleur has a direct quote from their phone call saying that Aaron Rodgers wants to be coached and not only be coached but to be coached hard. So I'd love to hear Colin Coward explain himself on that one. Um, I'm guessing there was some beef or disagreements between Rodgers and McCarthy over the years and it just didn't work out and that's why he came off as uncoachable. But I, I think people... For whatever reason, people love to bad talk Aaron Rodgers, and it just makes me question, is Aaron Rodgers, the, if you saw it on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, at TDWest9, shout out to me, is Aaron Rodgers the LeBron James of the NBA? Or I guess of the NFL, whatever you want to call it. However you want to say it, but the argument is people find the need and want to try to hate him or dislike him without actual reasoning all the time. Both Aaron and LeBron are super talented, possibly the most talented at their positions um, in their respected leagues. Both are very represented by the media. Um, Seems like Colin Coward or uh, Undisputed or First Things First, ESPN, Speak for Yourself, all those shows talk about Rodgers, it seems like, every day. Even if it's the stupidest, littlest thing, or he doesn't even do anything, they just want to talk about Aaron Rodgers because he gets some ratings, apparently. Um, especially, or look at LeBron. LeBron could be sitting on the bench, but they'll talk about LeBron instead of the Lakers because it's LeBron's show in the NBA. And no, that was not a dig on LeBron. Um, and regardless of all this media and everything, all their talents, both are given a ton of negative criticism and feedback for really no reason. Uh, I guess because they're both very good. I I, I don't really understand it. Um, if you do disagree, uh, or if you want to give me your insight, it's just something that I want to get out there and consider, get people to think about. Uh, please feel free to comment on the posts about the podcast. DM me, text me, whatever, if you have my number, uh, whatever you're, if you want to discuss that topic. I just... Just so much that goes out there around Aaron Rodgers and so much negative stuff, and I just don't really think he deserves as much negative talk as he's been given. So with that, that is everything for today's podcast. Obviously, the NFL playoff game started in about two and a half hours, it looks like, so I will have another podcast coming up very soon, hopefully in two days or so recapping those NFL games and discussing other news that comes up uh, in sports world. Uh, Not sure if I'll have another guest on the next show. I do have mm, two or three people that have talked to me about wanting to be on the show, so I will try my best to get them on here. I got to figure out the echo problem. I'm going to apologize for that. I just got to get that figured out, but I'll do my best to get them Get some more people on here because I think it's a lot more fun when you get to hear more than just my voice and get to have some better debates and talk about more topics and make it a little more intriguing or bring in some more controversial debates. 
think it's a lot of fun. So just want to thank you again, all all of you for listening. Uh, if you do really like the podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe, whether you're on SoundCloud or CastBox or uh, Stitcher, wherever you are. Um, if you subscribe, it gives you those notifications every time I drop a new episode. So please feel free to do that. Helps me out. Uh, thanks again for all the support. Uh, if you want to tell your friends about the podcast, every little thing you guys do helps. So once again, thank you and have a wonderful day. And you have been listening to The Wire with Trevor Wetzel.